she is cooking like butter tarts at three in the morning, like cinnamon buns. She's got rollers in her hair. She's smoking cigarettes and leaving them burning. Like, it's just, it's just bad. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who continues to share the podcast on their social media and tagging Struggle Creates Strength. It makes the biggest difference, although it may not seem like much. And if you haven't been here before, Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform that exemplifies that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 24-year-old Mackenzie Netherton. Mackenzie's story was incredible and she talks a lot about anxiety, loss, and overall self-betterment and self-empowerment. We had some great conversations and it truly proves where her wisdom and knowledge comes from and the steps that she took to get herself to where she is today. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. Also, we have collaborated and created a Struggle Create Strength t-shirt, which is 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now, I hope you enjoy Kenzie's story and just remember that everyone has a story. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm super excited for this episode. I obviously can't thank you enough for actually reaching out and for being willing enough to actually come on the podcast. It is spectacular, but I'm so excited for this one. Just from from everything that we talked about in the past, or I guess it was it wasn't even that long ago. I guess it feels oh, yeah. like so much longer longer ago but no just from the little conversation that we did have I think this will be a podcast that's going to definitely shake up shake up a lot of things but in a really positive way so I'm I'm super excited for that well thanks for having me I'm a little bit nervous but I'm excited to kind of share what I have to share yeah of course yeah and there's there's nothing to be nervous about I know I sound like a (laughs) record on every single podcast but seriously, there's nothing to be nervous about. This is just an opportunity for you really to share your story. And there's, yeah, like if you find that you say something that you don't want in the podcast, I cut it out. That's how easy it is. That's how, like, that's where, uh, that's basically where I come from. And there's nothing to be scared about, nothing to be nervous about. This is just us having a conversation and it just, we just kind of roll with it. Yeah, it'll be good. Once I get into it, I'll be in the groove. So absolutely. No, absolutely. And even just like I was saying before, just the little bits and pieces that you did share of your story. Um, I, I truly believe that it will be something that's going to help so many people and it's going to really resonate with a lot of people. I know even when we were talking back and forth, I was relating to your story so much. And I even shared a little, like little bits and pieces about my story that I related with yours and and I'm sure it'll come up again today but it just it's it really is proof that anyone's story can impact anyone's life and your story will 
honestly resonate with probably everyone's life at some, like in some way or another. And that's the beauty of it all. And that's the beauty of having you share your story and having you speak up and really be this courageous and this vulnerable technically with your story. So thank you once again, like yeah. I'm just <laughs> rambling on and on and on and on, but yeah. no, it's, it, uh, no, it seriously is amazing. So. Yeah. Thank you for giving us all this opportunity to be able to even like share our story because without this, like, I haven't really honestly shared my story with a lot of people and um, putting this story out there. There's going to be like a lot of people who are pretty much shocked, I think, um, even to the, my dad, like my dad literally doesn't know half of these things I'm about to say. So I was like at work today and I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't really sleep very well last night because <laughs> I'm so like stressed and my coworkers like, why, like, why didn't you sleep last night? Like was something on, on your mind? Am I going on this podcast today? Like, um, she asked me what it was about and my coworkers were just so like, oh my gosh, this is great. Like you're going to do so awesome to the second I walked out the door. It was just straight encouragement. So awesome. Yeah. It's super awesome. Mm, so I guess, yeah, I'll get started. <laughs> I've got lots. Absolutely. Of yeah. Jump right into your story. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically uh, the main struggle I'm probably going to talk about today was with my anxiety. So and then I'm going to touch a little bit on loss and trauma as well. And then just kind of like a little bit of life experience, um, lack of self-empathy, et cetera. So um, I've got notes below me <laughs> anyways. Um, so my anxiety started in elementary school. Um, it was basically based around irrational fear of sleep and basically the lack of control I had while I was sleeping. Um, so this like, was something that only really affected me at night. So the day, like I was a normal functioning kid. And then, as I said to you before, it was like three o'clock, like I was good. And then four o'clock, it was a little bit worse. I was closer to bed. I just started to grow more and more anxious um, about going to sleep. So this was like, to the point that it was so disruptive to my family's life, like it was, I would go, go to sleep and I'd have like heart palpitations. Um, obviously I'm crying, um, I'm hyperventilating and it would get to the point where like I, in elementary school, I did not sleep at anybody's house. Like pretty much no one's house but my own because I just would work myself up until the point where I would throw up. And I remember one time I was at my really good childhood friend's house who happened to be like previous um, she was our neighbor and then she moved so I'd gone to their house lots I knew her parents and I went there for a sleepover and I just couldn't do it like I couldn't cope and I ended up throwing up and I got in the car and my dad was like oh like their dad ended up calling him and being like did the girls do something to her um did they say something mean like did we do something I was like, no, like, I feel so bad, but this is just kind of a, it's a me thing and it's nobody else. It just couldn't do it. So that was something that happened pretty much all the time. And then I got to the point where I couldn't even sleep at my dad's house because I just couldn't handle that. So that, that actually caused quite a bit of problems because my parents are split up. So I was supposed to spend every second weekend at my dad's and I just 
I was like, no, not happening anymore. <laughs> so that caused like tension between us. And we honestly only recently talked about it. And I was like, I just couldn't. So yeah, that was elementary school for me. It was pretty rough with my anxiety. And then I also went through quite a bit of bullying as well to the point that I had to switch schools. So that made life even more difficult um, when you're already going through so many changes. And then high school, I was, I was good. Like I didn't really struggle very much. I had a good core like group of people that I liked to hang out with. Um, I went skiing every weekend. I just had fun. Like it was great. Like high school was really, really good for me. Um, so I thought I was like, I beat it. Like it was a phase in my life. I'm never going to have to see it or deal with it again. And then I got into college and it was like, no, just kidding. Like it's back full fledged. <laughs> um, this time it was more like I couldn't explain or identify why I was anxious. It was just constantly lingering. It was pretty much part of my daily life at that point, but sometimes it, you know, I'd have reprieve from it. So it was like, okay, this was a really bad week, five days out of seven, I'm anxious. And then, you know, I wouldn't have anxiety for two months. And I'd be like, I remember verbally saying like, oh, my anxiety has been so good for like two months. It just haven't had to deal with it at all. <laughs> and it just kind of cycled and came back to me. So that was that. And that's kind of been my anxiety up until now. So now I'm 24. Um, it's been one of those things that just kind of ebbs and flows. And um, I don't know, yeah, it just does its own thing. Um, but then recently it got like really bad in October, I think October, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so yeah, it was just so bad. It was at all time high. I was pretty much function, like not functioning. I was driving to work and I was getting there and I was calling in sick because I just couldn't deal. And I, I would call my mom being like, mom, I, I can't do this. I'm just so anxious. And she's like, okay, like turn around, come home. Um, or there was days I would get home and it would just be so much that my mom would have to come home from work on her lunch break because she was concerned. Like, are you, like, are you going to be okay? I'm not totally sure. Um, yeah, so I was finding it hard to just put one foot in front of the other, to be completely honest. And getting out of bed was like a feat. Like I was barely dragging my butt out of bed like every single day. And I just kept saying like, I just want to get into bed and I just want to pull the sheets over my head. I'm just, I'm just done. Like I can't, my body can't take it anymore. Um, so I, I was like, okay, I'm not okay. Clearly I need to do something about this other than talk to people that like I already know um so I kind of like looked at my life at that time and I'm like holy I'm not happy like I'm zero percent happy where I am I just feel like I'm in a pressure cooker I it's coming from every direction at this point 
um, I'm not enjoying these things I used to enjoy. Nothing's fun. Um, so I, I was like, yeah, I need to change some things in my life, clearly. This is just not gonna work for me. So, and I also needed to face some things that I hadn't faced. And we talked about that a bit. And so that kind of time and experience was like, okay, now it's time to stop avoiding, which I'm like a professional avoider. I just, if I don't have to deal with it, I will not deal with it. So I just, that's kind of my route. So this time I was like, yeah, I actually need to face the music, deal with these problems so I can move on in a healthy manner and, and be happy. So fortunately, like I was afforded the opportunity to have conversations with people that I needed to express forgiveness with and that I needed to receive forgiveness from. And that has been like so pivotal in my healing journey um, because it wasn't even just like one person, like, oh, you did me wrong. It was like, hey, I, I need to talk to you and I need to talk to you and I need like, and you because like, I just am staying in the past and I'm not gonna be able to move on unless we get this all out here. So that was really awesome and such a pivotal thing in my healing. So that's basically my journey with anxiety. Um, and now I just wanna touch a little bit on my loss and trauma. So throughout my life, I've experienced quite a bit of loss um, and like not normal loss, not just like my grandpa was 105 and he passed. It's just been like some, not that that's not relevant at all or hurtful because it is. I don't want to discount anybody's experience. Um, but yeah, just kind of like some weird loss. And then also there's been a lot of alcoholism, um, addiction, and overdose that has happened throughout my life with different family members. And just like for the sake of protecting their privacy, I don't want to like air their dirty laundry or anything. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of experienced that. Um, the first time I remember experiencing loss, I was in elementary school and I lost my grandma. And she was in her late 40s, I believe, so fairly young. I didn't really fully understand the situation or kind of what was going on. Um, but loss is loss. Uh, and then the next time I kind of remember experiencing loss was the end of grade eight and then going into grade nine. So I was, I remember being super excited, like going into grade nine and my oldest cousin was in grade 12. I was gonna see them and we didn't see each other that much except for like big family dinners and stuff. So I was excited. I was like, oh, this is me sweet. And just at the end of grade eight, we received a call at I think four o'clock in the morning if I remember correctly. And it was like my grandma and she said to my mom, like my cousin had been killed uh, at a bush party. So we call it sunrise and sunset here. And I think you guys call it like pass the torture, yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah, so my cousin got killed at sun, sunrise. 
And so that was something like really, it shook me. And it was also something that escalated my fear of, sleep, of sleeping because I was just like, this is just terrifying. And yeah, it was just a dark, a dark kind of scenario. So that happened. And then as more recently, it was a couple years ago, I lost my 15 year old cousin pretty tragically as well. And after that happened, my life kind of, not exactly because of that, but my life was falling apart, like my personal life. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, boom, this happens. You barely get any time to really process it. And now your life, as you know it, and everything that you're used to, or, you know, is gone. So I was in my last year of college, and I had a practicum because we were required to do like five weeks of practicum for one thing, five weeks practicum for something else before we graduate. So I was just like, I need to get out of here. Like, this is, I cannot handle this place. I need to be as far away from it as possible. So I asked my professor to place me in Banff, Alberta. Um, and my two older brothers live there. So I was like, this is me. Great. I'm close with them both. My brother has a dog that I was going to walk and hike all the time. It's going to go rock climbing. Like, it was going to be wonderful. And it was. It was wonderful. Um, and so good to just be on my own and kind of figure things out and just have that solitude to figure out what I need to figure out um so anyways I'm there and I'm on my last two weeks of my placement and all of a sudden I'm like cooking dinner I had a good day (laughs) I was listening to my music and somebody knocked at my door which is super like my place backed on to basically backyards because it's just basement suite so it's not like normal for somebody to knock on my door and my brothers would have told me if they're coming over before they just showed up so I'm like freaking out I'm here by myself I'm not answering <laughs> like don't answer the door um and then like the knock happens again and they're like Mackenzie kind of sounds familiar is my mom and I'm like what the frick this lady like (laughs) I'm seven hours approximately away from home because I live in Summerland so that's a seven hour drive I didn't get a text message being like hey I'm coming up for the weekend like I had that and you know past lots of people were visiting me no text no nothing not expecting anyone and she gets me I'm like what are you doing here and she's like, I have something like we need to we need to talk about something. And I was like, oh boy, that is never a good way to start a conversation in our family. Like it's just not what you want to hear. <laughs> and uh, she ended up telling me that my great grandma had been diagnosed with cancer. So I was like, holy moly. Um, and I remember going to my grandparents right before I left and saying goodbye and like see you soon sort of thing and I told my mom like I just can't help but have this feeling that when I leave 
something's gonna happen to them mm-hmm. and so that was just like weird looking back on it the fact that I just had this little bit of intuition that something was gonna happen so anyway she ends up telling me that my grandma was diagnosed with cancer and I can't remember exactly but I think she was diagnosed with lung cancer first mm-hmm. so she diagnosed with lung cancer and then I was like what do I do I have two weeks left do I come home mm-hmm. if I come home I won't graduate it's basically throwing you know throwing away the last three years of my work to graduate or like feel guilt for not coming home to say goodbye so I ended up like talking to her and she was one of those ladies where I was just like no like you're staying you're finishing what you're doing I'll be here when you get back and we'll we'll spend time together we'll have dinner together so I ended up making it home and having a couple months with her thank goodness and I was able to be there like pretty much every single day and uh, when I got home then she was diagnosed with brain cancer so it was like bad to worse and then she decided that she was going to go down the stairs with a basket full of laundry and fell down the stairs and broke her pelvis so it was just like another level and so my poor mom is staying there with her and she is cooking like butter tarts at three in the morning like cinnamon buns she's got rollers in her hair she's smoking cigarettes and leaving them burning like it's just it's just bad and my mom's like not sleeping because she has to be aware of all of this stuff um and she just thinks she she thought she had it she was like don't worry about me I'm just making butter tarts like I've done this a million times like go back to sleep <laughs> so that was that and uh, at that point because she like her cancer was progressing so much my papa had dementia so we had to put him into uh, long-term care because it was just not manageable having the two of them at home (laughs) it's like you have to watch her make butter tarts and he's out somewhere gluing the axe head back on the axe which is not recommended (laughs) um so it's just a bit of a disaster so he had to go into long-term care and he fortunately lived right across the street from me so I've had a pretty good relationship with my papa my entire life and I go over every day and just he'd be like yeah pull up a seat and so I'd like that was their thing like pull up a seat and just chat over coffee and so that was like, it was all right, as good as it could be to have a grandparent with dementia. Like there's a level of loss in that because you lose who that person really is, like who you remember them being. So that was difficult. And then uh, my grand, my great grandma ended up passing away. And that was like awful because I was so close to her. Like I didn't really have any grandparents I was super close to other than them. So that was just terrible. And then my papa didn't really remember that she had passed away. So when I'd go over and visit him, he'd be like, like, where's Louise? 
And I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't really want to have this conversation. He's like, is she close? And I'm like, yeah, she's really close. Like, she's really, really close. Um, so that was like, goodness. And then within two months, my papa was diagnosed with cancer. And it wasn't just like a little bit. It was like in every single organ in his body. And so like, I'm just like, holy, like I barely had time to breathe from like losing my nan. I started a new job and then my papa gets sick and within two months of each other, they, my papa passed away um, from my nan. So it was just like, oh my goodness, this is just so much. I just feel like I don't even have time to breathe. And I, I'm like raised, I wasn't, I don't want to say I was raised this way, but my family's very tough. And I don't think I saw my mom cry until a couple years ago, to be completely honest. It just wasn't the normal thing in my house for her to cry. Like my emotions were always um, encouraged. It wasn't like I was discouraged to use my emotions and, and it was like, we have no emotions here. It, it was always encouraged to express myself and be who I was, but my, I never saw my mom struggle or she just never showed it to me. So at this point, my mom is struggling so bad because she lost her mom when she was in her mid twenties. And those were the people that basically continued to raise her. Um, and she was just mentally and physically exhausted from, from being a caretaker. Um, so I like took on that role in my house and I cried about my grandma once and I wanted to say goodbye to them. So I had to say goodbye to both of them before they passed. Um, and I went to say goodbye to my papa and that's the only time I cried. Like, I just cried like before and after I said goodbye. And, and I don't think I really cried since then about it, maybe once or twice, but, um, and that's just so not healthy. Like it doesn't get you, doesn't get you past it. And so I thought I was doing well. Like I was going to therapy. I was expressing like all these things to my therapist and I was probably going like every month thought it really worked through a lot of it and I didn't really like I still needed to kind of talk about it more and now it's kind of the point where I'm like okay yeah I'm doing a bit better with this stuff like this is we're actually processing and working through it so yeah that's like in a nutshell my experience with anxiety and loss and a bit of trauma but I have some more stuff to share. Um, I know you said to prepare like a quote. So I've got a couple quotes and I did not come up with these on my own. <laughs> not, no, not smart. Yeah, I don't think most people come up with them on their own. I think they, yeah, I think they oh, find them. Um, anyways, so. I just like thought about that for a second and I was like, 
yeah, not many people quote themselves. <laughs> That's kind of the purpose of the quote, is it not? <laughs> exactly. Take, take yeah. this out. <laughs> um, so yeah, my first quote I want to share is um, by Daniel Sloss. I don't know if you've watched this on Netflix, but basically he's a stand-up comedian. And if you're okay with really dicey language, like I 100% encourage watching it. It's called Jigsaw. Um, and it's a mix of funny and just so much like actual solid gold that he shares. Um, and this one quote he says is, you need to learn to love yourself or you'll employ someone else to do it for you. If you only love yourself 20%, someone can come along and love you 30% and you're sat, sat there thinking, wow, that's so much when it's literally less than half. Um, and I was just like, <laughs> this like resonates with me so much because um, I recently like had this experience where I was able to sit down with one of my mentors for coffee and she said something to the effect of, why do you always look like this? And I was like, what? She's like, why do you always look like all put together? And I did not have an answer for her. Like, I was like this is me. I like my shopping. Like, <laughs> I don't really know. Um, so it took me like months and basically this is my answer to, to that now. Um, so I didn't really know if I was gonna share this and it was kind of a thought that came to me last night while I was not sleeping. Um, and I don't know, I haven't really talked to anyone about it, but so when I was in my twenties, as you know, um, I dated a hockey player for about two years. So, I came, I grew up in Penticton and um, anybody who went to Penn High just knows like OHA is glorified, like it is glorified. And if that's not glorified, then the Penticton bees are like, they are royalty. <laughs> I want to say like around Penn High, every, every girl is just like, oh my gosh, like these guys and I just want to date them and blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, so I had dated an athlete until almost the end of grade 12. So the next kind of step in my mind was to do, do the same thing that I'd already done, right? So it's like, wow, my eyes had been blinded from all of these options that I'm now seeing. And like, I was just like, this is like my focus. Like I, I want to date a hockey player. Like that's just what I want to do. Um, ridiculous. But anyways, <laughs> not to offend anybody, but kind of ridiculous goal to have in life. Um, so it ends up happening for two years of my life and my life revolved around it. Like not as much as you guys, but my life revolved around it. I, I did not pretty much work on game days. I work schedule was cleared. Like I would bring the hockey schedule and I was like, can't work that day. Can't work that day. And if I did work that day, I spent my entire break 
reloading the BCHL app yeah. to watch a score <laughs> and like listen to the radio. And if I wasn't there, my mom was there giving me a play-by-play -play of what was going on. And on weekends where, you know, games were close, like I traveled to Chilliwack, I traveled to Merritt, um, whatever it was. I was there and, and I wouldn't have changed, I wouldn't change that in any way because there's nothing better than supporting somebody in their passion and life and like you want to be there for somebody. But I just kind of remember sitting like in the rank and looking around and comparing myself to every other girl that was there every other girlfriend that was there, I was like, her outfit's better than mine. Her makeup looks better than mine. Uh, her car is nicer than mine, whatever it is. And I was just like, I'm not pretty enough to even be here. Like that was the, the self-talk I had to myself. Like, yeah, I'm just not enough to be here and and that's like that's sad to compare yourself to everybody else and just be like I'm not enough because they're because they're more than me and it wasn't ever the person that I was with that made me feel that way at all it was just my own insecurity and my own kind of feelings about it and it's hard because there's so much that happens inside that inside that world that people that are outside of it don't really understand like the rumors that go around like the things that happen in the dressing room like just the conversations that happen the girls that just don't care that that's your boyfriend to be completely honest <laughs> and you're just like huh, I'm here like hi <laughs> I'm actually dating him um so yeah I think like that made me feel like I need to present this perfect polish version of who Ken's is and to come to the rink and just be that person and when all of that faded away it was not only hard on the person that you know was done hockey it it was like who am I outside of being their hockey girlfriend like I have no idea because that is literally my value like that's the value that I've been like this is the most important thing that I can be and I'm not it anymore so yeah that's kind of that and then I just think that's been throughout my entire life like I I've pretty well looked for validation and acceptance from other people and who they say I am. And I want to present this version of myself that I think like they'll like, cause I'm like, well, they're pretty good looking. So they're not going to like me if I'm, you know, whatever, a little bit of a mess um, or don't want to get ready today or whatever it is. I have to be like perfect. And it's honestly taken me until now, like until a couple months ago, to be like, I am so unwilling to kind of circle this back to the quote. I'm so unwilling to employ somebody to love me. I'm just not doing it. 
like I am enough and the thing the way I think about myself matters and I'm not good enough because of what they say I am or who they say I am or their opinion or thought about me it's because like I'm enough because I know I'm enough and I'm enough because like God knows me and my heart and he values me and loves me and that's that that's the reason that I matter not because of these 10 people's opinions about me who probably don't even know me very well Mm -hmm. right so yeah that's a little bit of that no I I even that like that's one thing that I actually I ask a very similar thing to what your mentor asks I ask a lot of people this I basically just say like who are you living for? And it comes back to that as well. It's like, why do you put on the clothes that you put on? Like, are you doing it for yourself? Cause you feel good. Or are you doing it because you want to make sure that you're impressing this person or that person. And it's even at jobs, you're held to standards all the time with your dress wear. Like I'm sure at your job, you have to wear a certain thing. My doing this, I feel like I have to wear a certain thing. I <laughs> like, but in reality, we don't like, there's nothing that's like, yes, I'm sure at your job, you actually probably do, but it's, you don't necessarily have to do those things. Like you don't have to wear makeup. You don't have to do your hair. You don't have to wear a certain hat. You don't have to wear a certain shirt. You can be exactly who you are. And that's why it's so funny, especially in today's age, because like I, it resorts back to that about the way that you dress and the way that you present yourself, but it's also like, what are you doing in your everyday life and who are you doing it for? So for me, it's like, I do this podcast because I want to help other people. And I also do this podcast and I am following this dream because that's my, Oh my gosh, voice crack. That is my dream and my passion. And that's what I want to pursue. So that's what I'm doing. And I don't care about the people that might hate on me for wanting to pursue this as my whole entire life or the people that are in the background saying like, "Ah, I don't know if he has it in him." It's like, I want to do this because I want to do this and I'm doing it for myself. But there's so many people that go through life. And I mean, this is something I think I've touched on a lot, or at least it feels like I've touched on it a lot with a lot of people, but it's, we always, or we, a lot of people tend to make their decisions based off of their parents, off their friends, off of everyone else around them. They don't necessarily do stuff for themselves. And if they do, they feel guilty. There's nothing wrong. And you should never feel guilty for doing stuff for yourself. You need to do stuff for yourself if you want to be happy in your own life. And that's the whole beauty of it. And the whole like message that's hidden within yeah. is that you have to do stuff for yourself if you actually want to be genuinely happy and you want to take care of yourself, because if you're not doing it for yourself and you're just doing it because your parents want you to do it or because your friends want you to do it and they're holding you accountable for things that you necessarily don't want to be doing, then it's like, what is the actual purpose of it all? There is no purpose. And it's the same as dressing up. Like if you really don't want to, dress up nice and you want to show up somewhere in a hoodie and sweatpants it's like happy if that makes you happy if that makes you feel good then do it because who cares it doesn't doesn't matter and nobody's like 
and again, like you're not gonna die if you show up in sweatpants and a hoodie because yeah. that's what you want to do. Like you're not going to. You're probably gonna feel. You might walk in. You might be like, "Oh, I'm curious what people are gonna think." But then after a while, you're gonna be like, "Oh, nobody actually cares. Like it's all in my head, right?" But yeah, uh, <laughs> again, just rambling on and on about that sort of stuff. But no, I completely yeah. agree with you. Like yesterday, for example uh outfit just absolute disasters kind of situation that I had I went into this is like the probably the only time I've ever done this I went into winners in a ski jacket snow pants biggie small ski socks and slides (laughs) and I'm like oh my goodness I can't believe I'm doing this but just like own it like it is what it is honestly like who cares exactly that's a factor of it it's like who cares nobody actually cares and the people that do care are apparently they're more consumed by the people around them than they are about worrying about their own life right and it's it's like if everyone just did their own thing and focused on themselves rather than focusing on everyone else or rather than hating on everyone else i guarantee you this world would be a hell of a lot happier than it is right now like in general, I will, I 100% think that our world is a pretty damn miserable place. And it's not saying that there's not happiness in the world and there's not happy people. But for the most part, anytime you go on social media, anytime you go on the internet, anytime you go anywhere, there is so much negativity that comes from people. And there's so much, basically so many biased opinions that are coming out of people's mouths that necessarily mean nothing like really it means nothing and instead of everyone just like going on with their stuff focusing on them actually embracing life for what it is and enjoying the time that we have on this on this planet I like I don't know I I think (laughs) people just kind of got to start to figure it out at least a little bit yeah Um, (laughs) it would help a lot yeah just a little bit (laughs) exactly like just a little bit put in a little bit of effort on yourself or just look inside of yourself a little bit more than looking out at everyone else but um one thing that i do really want to talk about before i continue rambling on with all that jazz but is the factor of loss and i feel like loss affects people in so many different ways um obviously every time that there's a loss it is not fun it is honestly it's awful and for myself the loss that i've encountered has been awful it's definitely changed my life in different forms or different shapes and forms i guess and i i think there's always some as crazy and twisted as this is i think there's always some good that comes out of it um and for me I've learned so much from it all and from losing people. I think you really do learn stuff or you learn to appreciate your life more, learn to appreciate certain things more, and maybe even more learn to appreciate the people around you more. But was there anything that you've kind of taken or learned from the loss of your family members? Um, Yeah, I was actually going to kind of talk in that a little bit because I think our kind of our thought process on struggle is so similar and it has been something that I haven't always 
like thought this way about my struggles in life. It's been something that's been more recent and kind of apparent to me. Um, it's that, you know, there's always valleys in life. And I always use the example of gold and how gold is like put in fire and it's pressed and it's formed and it's like created into, into something that we see as beautiful, right? And um, I think that is so the same with struggle. I think that, you know, it heats you, it presses you, it, it stresses you into who you're supposed to be so you can actually walk into the, into your purpose and like walk into your full potential. And if you don't have these struggles, like you're not gonna get to where you need to be in life like it's just I know it's hard to kind of look at it in the in the time and be like oh this is so wonderful like I'm so glad I'm struggling and this is going to make me stronger um but even if like you're outside of it if you can look back at it and be like okay these things played a pivotal role um in me becoming who I need to be so I can walk in my purpose and, and do that boldly and confidently, not just kind of like, oh, I'm walking in my purpose. It's like, no, like I'm walking in my purpose. And um, yeah, I think that's the most valuable, valuable thing that you can kind of learn from anything, like all these struggles. And that's my biggest takeaway. And I've learned to kind of understand that I'm here right now and it sucks a little bit. Like even today, I, I'm like, this isn't exactly where I envisioned myself at 24. My expectations were lofty for what 24 was going to look like, but this isn't exactly where I want to be. And I'm not exactly who I want to be yet, but I need to actually sit here. Like I need to sit in the struggle and instead of trying to avoid it and just like pop like power through to the point that you want to get to it's like let's just sit back realize we need to be here and see the purpose that it's creating absolutely no yeah i love that i i mean even for me i like you said we have very similar i think very similar mindset when it comes to that and kind of what our struggles like what overall struggles have kind of taught us continue to teach us and then also obviously what loss does and teaches us and um I think it's it almost like a lot of it almost comes back to sort of like that analogy of like if you were told that you were going to die in a week what would you do and it's like oh well I would do this this and this and it's like okay well you might die in a week. Why are you not doing those things? Yeah. Why, why are you dwelling so much on where you're at right now? When in reality, it's like, you're probably doing okay. Like you're probably eating, you're probably have a roof over your head. And there's so many times when we all like, it all honestly resorts back to how we, we kind of all get in our heads so much. Right. And so for me, I've been a huge, huge culprit of this, but it's like, we always like to look at everyone else's life around us. We're like, oh, why don't I have that? Why don't I drive that vehicle? Why don't, it's the same thing. Like, why don't I have the same clothes that she does? And it's so funny because 
we never really look at our lives and be like, wow, like I am lucky to be here today. We're all so, so lucky to be here and living today. Like some crazy statistic, like there's 150,000 people that didn't wake up this morning. Like let that kind of sink in. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's like very well, this could be my last day on earth. Like I have no idea. And I'm not saying go out, do irrational things, go, spend all your money and (laughs) like go test drive random cars no that's not what I'm saying but it's like you gotta really like look at those things and take those struggles take them as this huge learning curve and actually start to better your life and for me for the longest time I would always live in like that past and just being like oh my gosh yeah like I struggled so hard and then it would it would make me struggle in that moment too, because I was dwelling on it so much. But in reality, once I did exactly what you're saying, like once I faced those struggles and I was like, yeah, you know what? Today kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's my choice if I'm going to let it suck all day long, or if I'm going to go change that. Am I like the littlest ways to change it is just by doing something for yourself, like make yourself proud. And I think that's something is that one, we don't, necessarily make ourselves proud all that much but two I think we really do but we just don't acknowledge it like we do so many things in a day that is so great and like I even in so many of the podcasts I always say it's like the little things that make the biggest difference and it's like reward yourself for getting up in the morning reward yourself for having a shower for getting yourself ready for going to work for working a whole day like we all think like oh my gosh that day of work sucked when it's like, wow, like I worked that whole entire day. You know what? That put me one step ahead in life. I'm, I did it. Like that was a good day, but we don't think like that. We think, oh my gosh, what a waste of time when, I mean, sometimes, yeah, if you really hate something, like probably start to think of ways to change your life so that you don't hate that thing. (laughs) You can start living a life that's a lot better, but no, I think, I think it's time that we do really start taking our losses, we take our struggles, and we start to appreciate our lives a lot more for what they truly are and what we are given on an everyday basis. And there's so many people out there in the world. And I mean, this is why I encourage everyone to travel, but there's so many people out there in the world that have next to nothing or nothing, like they have nothing in their life. And that's where now we're, we are all I think we're so materialistic. That's just a given. Um, I think so many of us get so caught up in, oh, does this, like, oh, that person has those shoes. Okay, I want to get those shoes. Like, I want to follow this trend. I want to follow this more so this fad. Like, everyone wants to have what everyone else has. And everyone's so concerned about what brand they're wearing on their body or what they look like. And in reality, it's so much more important just to kind of live in the now and just really embrace life for what it is. And me especially, it was weird because I had one of those realizations like you were just talking about where um, when I lost somebody that I was very, very close with, the time that I lost him was the day, it was basically the day that I stepped back and I was like, okay, life is really short it can end at any given moment and anything can happen at any given time. 
but I didn't fully understand that. And I was like, I need to do something super irrational. I need to go, I like, I just need to go do something like crazy. And my parents were always like, it doesn't mean that you have to go spend all your money and go do all this crazy stuff. And I never really clued into that until this year. And I was like, no, it more so just means that you really have to live for yourself. And it's, you can't let every, everyone and everything consume you, but more so you just, you really have to take care of yourself and you really have to make sure that every single day you did something that you're obviously proud of, but more so you're really trying to kind of manifest your life into an everyday thing where if you were to die, if you were to have something happen to you, not only would you be able to say like, you know what, I'm okay with that. Like I I've lived, I've done, I've done exactly what I want to do, or I am happy and you also want to have the people around you kind of say that about you as well right i think nobody really cares about how much money you have nobody really cares about the business that you ran it's more so like what type of person were they how did they impact other people and if you take that into an everyday basis where it's hey i i loved meeting this person like i loved having this conversation and it's like this is something even this conversation right now like this is something i will remember forever because it's something that's impactful to me and people are going to remember the fact that you spoke up about this stuff and that's something yeah. that's gonna, like you're, it's going to go to the grave with you like people yeah. are going to talk about that and talk about the courage and the strength and the vulnerability that you have and how you've made a difference in people's lives and like that is the stuff that you want to possess and take on an everyday basis and I I think that stuff's so cool and that's why it's really nice talking to somebody like yourself that thinks in a very similar way and actually acknowledges kind of the true meaning behind the struggles and behind the loss and all of that sort of stuff. It's really neat. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's super important to be much more worried about who you are at the end of the day than like what you have or what, what you've accomplished or how many cars you have, you know, um, like I'm a physical rehabilitation assistant. So I work at a short stay unit in the hospital and I basically work with seniors um, after injury, but like I work from like with anybody from like 40 to like a hundred. Yeah. So I've gotten the opportunity to meet so many people and it has been the most rewarding and like awesome experience in my life because I like meet people from all walks right and they they share their stories with me and they share their struggles with me and um a lot of the time I'm honestly like do I look like I'm somebody you should tell the truth to because <laughs> I don't know but like these people are just like first like first second they meet me they're like blah 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 and I'm like oh holy whoa um let me just process that for a second like not at all judging anybody and um I had a conversation with one of my short stays today and um he's been somebody who really really has impacted me so much and he's been with us for way longer than you're normally allowed to be in short stay usually three months um he's been with us for about six and he's just been honestly like going through and stuff um but today he like 
I was just like, we're doing the arm bike and just like sitting there exercising and talking and stuff. And previous to this, he said, you're the only person I can open up to and tell my struggles to, because I just trust you. And I, and I know you care. And um, then today he calls me little Mac. <laughs> so I'm fine with it. I'm like, whatever. Um, he's like, there's nobody else out there like little Mac. And I was just like, like my heart because <laughs> I just thought, I don't know that impacts my life so much, you know, that I made a difference in, in somebody's suffering, like not only physical suffering, but mental suffering and, and their life is changing as you know it. And that what people think about me in that way, that's what matters most to me. Like, who do they say I am when I leave this place? Is she somebody who shows people grace? Is she somebody who will go extra mile for me? Does she show compassion? Like, does she show me love? Like, that's who I want to be known for. I don't want to be known for owning the most Lululemon, even though I love Lululemon. Um, I just don't want that to be my, my story. And I think that's why like this platform is so awesome too is because everybody kind of gets to like speak their truth and be fully known and I think that I was listening to this podcast a while ago and um it was like I have it here actually it's like to be known but um to be loved but not known is comforting but super superficial be known and not loved is our greatest fear but be fully known and truly loved is a lot like being loved by God and I was just like like, um, do we, do we actually like fully know very many people in our lives at this point? Are we just like so concerned with this version that we present to people on social media of our life being perfect and like looking perfect? It's just like, how many people can you say like truly know your story and like truly accept you? Because I think that's so important to cultivate an environment where you can be seen in like all your mess and all your problems and just be like I fully know you and I fully accept you and that's why like yeah like this platform's so awesome because it just gives people the ability to be like this is me like this is raw and honestly like here it is and if you don't like it bye and if you, if you can accept it, then like come into my life and I want to fully know you too. I don't want to just live on this surface level with people. It's silly. hundred <laughs> no, percent. And I like, actually, so one, a person that I've had on this podcast before, his name is Brandon Brigado. And he kind of like partnered up with two different people and they created something that's called, let, well, it's called small talk, but their Instagram is called let's small talk. And basically the whole thing around that is really normalizing those vulnerable conversations and like really, um, really diving into how to get the most out of conversations and how to actually connect with people. And that's something that we struggle with so much nowadays. And even myself, 100%, like this platform has helped me immensely with kind of coming, even coming out of my shell, building a lot more confidence, really learning how to have conversations with people and really realizing that 
it's okay to like ask people to have certain conversations and it's okay to like challenge people with their conversations. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's important that we kind of have different conversations with different people because that's when people are actually going to think that's when people are going to get really introspective with their lives. And that's when people are going to basically grow. And it's, it's so funny that you say that, but I just think, especially with social media, with all like the texting, even like just being able to be behind a screen yeah. really limits our conversations and our connections that we have. And um, I think it, I think it's awesome to have these forms of conversations with people and every person that comes on the podcast, I literally, it's like hats off to them because it takes a lot to share your story. It takes a lot to basically post that publicly like to do that is amazing and I know when I first started this platform and even to this day I always kind of ask myself I'm like okay is are people really gonna like continue with this like do people really want to share their stories or is it more so just like this hope and dream of mine to have everyone jump on board and everyone share their stories and I mean, the support obviously that has come is amazing. And I can't thank people enough, but also just like the courage and the strength that's come from people. And like, there's been people that have reached out to me and I've looked at them in their lives and it's like, I had no idea. Even yeah. I was like, I had no idea. Like, <laughs> when it was funny because when we talked before, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even clue in that it was you. And I never even would have thought that it was you. And that's the funny part about all of this. And it's also the big message that again, is hidden beneath all of society, basically, is that like, we all have a story. We all have our struggles. We all go through it. But there's very few people that are actually willing to kind of like step up and talk about it. And that's why we're here. I think, I think we're really here to start normalizing the conversations, start having these, these really deep talks with people and actually learning more about them. And we also want to be there for people who are struggling and we want to allow people to relate to us. And we want people to always feel open to talk about anything because I think ask any person that struggled with mental health ever, I think they will 100% say that they've kept so many of their struggles inside. They've kept yeah, them yeah. internally and have never shared them because they don't want people to look at them in a different light. They don't want to be called weak. They just, they don't want to be judged essentially. So doing this, having a platform that is zero judgment, it is a fully supportive environment is so important. And I, yeah, like I think that you being on here is obviously amazing, but it's also, again, it's just another, it's basically another brick on another brick in the wall that we're building of basically support. And we really like, I, yeah, I just, I can't thank people like yourself enough because it's why it's possible. There's so many people that say, like there's so many people that are always like, wow, like you do a great job with what you're doing. And it's, it's like, no, I, yeah, I shared my story once. I said this on the last podcast as well, but like I shared my story once. That was my part. Like, that's what I've done. 
everything since then has been solely based off of what people like yourself are doing, stepping up, sharing their stories, sharing the real life stories and helping other people. It's the only way that it spreads is when people share it all over their social media, but it doesn't happen unless those people initially step up and share their stories. So that's like the main thing of it all. Again, rambling, rambling, rambling. But I wouldn't have done this if like I hadn't listened to your podcast before. I think I listened to one, I think his name was Keith. I think I'm right. Yeah. Um, and, and you basically were like, everybody has a story. Like, I know it's cliche and like say it all the time, but like, it's not a competition of who has more trauma than the other person. Like, so, cause I was kind of like, maybe my story is not enough to share. Like maybe what I've gone through isn't really that bad. Right. Like, and in the grand scheme of life, like I'm pretty blessed and I have a good life. So, you know but that doesn't mean I don't have struggle. And maybe this, me sharing this is enough to somebody else who's going to listen to it and be like, all right, well, she shared hers. So I'm going to share mine because mine is valuable too. And I think like, I just really encourage whoever's listening to this, (laughs) just like reach out, step outside your comfort zone and just share because it's going to help somebody. No, 100%. I mean, (laughs) It's, it's funny that you kind of, or not funny, but it's, it's really neat that you brought up the fact that you're like, oh, my life in the grand scheme of things isn't all that bad. And it's, it's like, honestly, for most of the people out there, again, like myself included, life, my life isn't all that bad. Like, yeah, like I've had my mental health struggles. Don't get me wrong. I felt like my world was coming to an end. But in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't all that bad. And it's like there's yeah. so many people that are going through so much more. So then it's like, why do I, why do I even question sharing my stuff publicly? Like, why do I even like hide it a little bit? Because in the grand scheme of things, there's people that are going through a lot more stuff and we see it every single day. And so it's like, gee, like it makes you think for sure. Like it really gets <laughs> into it all. Um, I, I do have a question for you though. What would be kind of like your biggest tip of advice that you could give somebody that is struggling or may struggle, like encounter some form of struggles in their life? I have, I mean, I don't think I can really even like pare it down to one, but if I could pare it down to two, um, my biggest thing would be like, go get professional help like don't I used to have this perception of it of like if you go to therapy like you have a problem and there's something wrong with you and somebody actually like challenged that and was like just because you go doesn't mean you have a problem like it's actually healthy to go you should go I recommend it to everybody like there's something that you can talk about and something that you can get out even if you think like your life is peachy like there's there's something that you can kind of experience or talk about that is just going to benefit you so yeah don't ever think that you're not normal or too much to handle if you go to therapy like it's such a good thing and it's helped me so much just to have somebody listen to me and give me some tools and 
yeah, just teach me to be more compassionate with myself because that's not something that I'm overly good at. So that's really helped me. And then my second piece of advice is just forgiveness. And that is just so important. And I think like, I don't know if society undervalues it, but I feel like we do. I'm not totally sure, but it's like, oh, they did this to me. I'm never forgiving them. Or they hurt me this bad. I'm never forgiving them. And it's like, listen, you can forgive somebody without having them in your life anymore. Like you can easily do that. You don't have to say like, I'm forgiving you and I'm accepting this behavior so you can continue to hurt me. You just say like, I'm forgiving you because I need to be released from this and I need to release you from this. I think that's so, so powerful and important to, to consider in your process of healing. For sure. I, I even think like on that, I, again, been a culprit of it for sure. But uh, when forgiving people, I think oftentimes why we don't or why we opt out of it is because we're scared of the confrontation and yeah. really scared to even sometimes just see that person again, um, especially it's always comes back to relationships typically. But uh, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things. And what I've learned is it's, it's so healthy to confront that because if you don't, you are going to constantly, constantly think about it all the time, mm. or it's going to linger, especially like it's going to linger until you decide to step up and take action. And I, like I said, I have been a culprit of that probably still am a culprit of that, to be honest, but it's, it's always good to acknowledge those sorts of things. And and then again, it comes back to really challenging yourself and asking yourself, like, do I really want to live like this for the rest of my life? Do I want to live with all these like what ifs or all these things that are lingering around and constantly, constantly coming back to me? Or I think you, it was you that said the box analogy, was it not? Where you had a button in a box? Or maybe that was somebody else. I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> I, can't remember. I thought it was us that talked about it last week, but um, no, like seriously, it just, it all comes, it all really comes back to, comes back to like, what are you willing to kind of take and what, what can you have kind of linger in your mind and what do you really need to take care of? And a lot of that is forgiving people and it, Sometimes it sucks. And sometimes it's really hard to admit, admit to yourself that either one, you need to forgive them or you need to try and allow them to forgive you. And that it's tough. It is. And there's, there's no easy way around it, really. It unfortunately, is not. No. And I think like if you really cannot face that person, um, like for me, some of the people like I've had to forgive it, it's taken me years, like, and then finally to the point where I get, like, get on this. But um, my mentor once like expresses to me, she's like, just like, if you can't face them, like go out, pick up a rock and just like, it sounds really good, but like tell the rock these things and hock it in the lake. And imagine the lake just as like this like body of like love. And it's just like, you just like say these things to it. And you just like, bye, it's gone. It's covered in like love and forgiveness. 
And I mean, I tried that. It didn't work for me, but it might work for somebody. <laughs> you never know. You can write a letter you never send. Like you can write a letter that you do send, like, or you can, if you feel like you need that um, actual face-to-face -face conversation, if you get that opportunity, like I recommend a non-emotionally charged mature conversation because it just changes it changes your life like it just changes everything and I think like the more that we learn to be like less about like ourselves and be so like oh like I'm not doing that like the better we'll be for sure yeah <laughs> I know I 100% agree and I honestly I think you have so much to offer to so many people and you have so much wisdom and I mean it obviously comes from the effort and the time that you put into yourself you spoke openly now about seeking professional help, also having a mentor, like two things yeah. I think that solely are based around self-help, self-improvement and challenge you on an everyday basis. And I think that's super important. And a lot more people need to acknowledge that, need to realize that obviously it's okay to seek professional help and it's okay to challenge yourself on an everyday basis. I don't think humans are meant to just walk through life with no challenges i think that's impossible and so i think i think it's really important to do that stuff and um kind of continuing on the fact about how 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 much wisdom you basically possess where could people actually reach out to you if they want to have some of those conversations with you and maybe just talk about your story or relate to you in some form or another yeah um I'm like honestly good with however anybody wants to talk to me like they can reach me on um, my Instagram if you want to like tag that below um, feel free to like message me on Facebook Kenzie Netherton and um, I could even like give you my phone number I'm totally good with that and yeah I'm completely free to have conversations and, and be available for people and hopefully like share my wisdom and that's kind of the whole the basis of this it's like I want, I think I have some wisdom. I like to think I do. And I want to share that with people and I want to make a difference in their life. I don't want to just be here and, and not help anybody. So yeah, please reach out if you have anything to talk yeah, about. And you, you definitely do. And I, I mean, one thing right before I wrap it up, but one thing that I kind of always say is that I truly don't like, you're not born with wisdom and knowledge and all of this stuff like that's maybe I don't know but I, I truly believe that it kind of all comes from experiences and some of those experiences are struggles and loss um, but we learn a lot from the things that we go through and from our environment from the things that we're basically that we've grown up around and that we continue to go around and yeah I think I think you're definitely somebody who a lot of people could benefit from so Thank you so much for that. And also thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It truly was amazing. And your story is one that I feel like a lot of people need to hear and that a ton of people will relate to. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your story and being open and vulnerable, courageous, so strong, every, every single thing in the book. But yeah, I, I really do thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me and like again thanks for creating this this platform like it's it's so awesome and 
think you're going to help so many people by doing it. Of course. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk very soon. Sounds good, Lucas. Okay, awesome. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. And thank you so much to everyone who continues to share the podcast on their Instagram stories and all over social media while tagging us. Because although it may not seem like a big difference, it's the only way that we're able to grow. So I thank you for that. Also, if you want to reach out to Kenzie or have some vulnerable conversations with her, I highly suggest you do so. And if you want to reach out to me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and additional posts are posted on Instagram as well. Be sure to share this with your friends and family. And again, tag it on, tag us and post it on social media because again, it makes the biggest difference. Thanks so much for listening. And just remember that everyone has a story. Mm-hmm.